Well, welcome to Brax Tax. It's our goofy name for this podcast. Um, I'm here with Zach Hellman. Uh, he's a junior here at Northridge in our Impact Youth Ministry. Hey, Zach. Hey, Brax. How's it going? Good. Good. Yeah, things have uh, kind of forced our hand to <laughs> to do something like this because, uh, yeah, you know, um, the the coronavirus is is um, causing uh, a national state of emergency. Actually, is. yeah, which is insane. Um, and yeah, we're kind of kind of living in this weird apocalyptic, uh, post apocalyptic. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Maybe just apocalyptic. Maybe just apocalyptic. I hope it's not post. Yeah. <laughs> so that would not be good. Um, where, you know, like you don't hear uh, airplanes so much right yeah. now. Right. Uh, not a whole lot of traffic right now either. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just kind of weird and quiet. So we figured, you know, people need to l- listen to something. And one of the things with the coronavirus going on right now is, is just... People are in self quarantine and people are isolated and, and lonely. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today is loneliness. If you find yourself at home, uh, not doing any homework, um, not doing any work for that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, right. Zach, I mean, you, (laughs) yeah, my, so school's closed. Uh, my, my work got shut down. Uh, my gym got closed. Like, like there's nothing, <laughs> nothing really to do. Yeah. So, besides this. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to talk about loneliness and I want to start by, um, just mentioning Genesis two after the creation account has, has started. Um, God has looked at his entire creation and has said, um, it is very good. And yet in Genesis two, we have the first, it is not good. And the not good is that man would be alone. And this is then what leads to the forming of Eve, because it's not good for man to be alone. So with that, because it's not good for man to be alone, um, I think now is a really good opportunity for all of us to reach out to somebody. We live in the digital age. I mean, if this quarantine thing had happened 100 years ago, um, we would all be getting cabin fever just that much quicker because we couldn't communicate with anybody. But now we live in a digital age in which we can actually talk to people without ever breathing the same air that they're breathing. Any thoughts on that? Oh, no, I, I think that's, <clears throat> it, it is a great opportunity. Um, you know, it, it, it is a little inconvenient not being able to be face to face, but mm-hmm. um, now you can kind of flex your muscles as far as uh, learning how to communicate uh, digitally with other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially if this thing goes on longer or <laughs> if we ever have to do it again, which, uh, oh. which I, I, I really hope will never happen again. I hope um, that Jesus comes back before that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to do this again. Personally, just as an extrovert, I mean, this is already, it's, it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sometimes I think that I'm an introvert because I have my fill of people and I, I need to take a step back. But it's Tuesday, y'all, and I am losing my mind <laughs> not being able to be around people. Um, but yeah, so how, how do you flex those muscles then? Like you said, Zach, flex your, your digital connection. (laughs) How would you recommend people do that? I mean, you're, you're younger than I am and and you, you know, clearly, you know, more, more hip and, and, (laughs) and with it, do the kids still say with it? Uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, uh, I think as far as, you know, getting used to, to communicating digitally, um, a, a lot of it is, is just with practice, um, figuring out, you know, uh, what for you is the best way that you can communicate with others. Uh, for me, it's a lot of, um, you know, just simple texting, but also, mm-hmm. uh, FaceTiming. Like, you know, we were playing D and D the other day. Yeah. And we, we, 
uh, FaceTimed in one of our friends who, um, who was self quarantining. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just a- a- any way in which you can effectively communicate, being proficient in that, you know, mm-hmm. getting used to actually doing that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great way um, to spend your time uh, to try and try and break up the monotony of things mm-hmm. uh, to really interact with people. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Westerholm um, was the, uh, I think he was the worship director at Bethlehem uh, Baptist church in, in Minneapolis. I I'm friends with him on Facebook because he was one of the faculty at, at um, Bethlehem college and seminary. And uh, he had posted um, last week, fairly early on in this whole quarantining thing. Um, he said, if your church is not meeting this weekend, um, reach out to five to seven people that you would normally see on a weekend service and then try to reach out to two people that you think no one else would contact. And I've found that really helpful in trying to um, stay connected with people. Um, one of the things you were saying, though, about um, what works for you, like I've found I, I tried to do Snapchat consistently (laughs) i found out there's this whole like subculture of snapchat that like you can't leave someone unopened yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) so what happened was like i i was snapping so many people i i got really good at this and then I was snapping so many people that like that it reached like a critical mass <laughs> where I couldn't I couldn't keep up with it. So and then I knew that there was this whole, you know, leaving someone unopened thing. So I just didn't open anyone's snaps. And and then it's just it's been sitting like that since like October. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that would be something to think about too in, in all the platforms that we have available. Um do what's actually sustainable too. Sure. Yeah. You know, don't, don't let yourself get burnt out with it. Mm-hmm. Cause that is something that can actually happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Well, <clears throat> you had mentioned uh, Genesis two yeah. about how it's, it's not good uh, mm-hmm. for a man to be alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this mean that they're not meant to be alone ever. Is, is there certain times where they're allowed to be alone? Yeah. What's what what's the deal with that? Yeah. Um, that's really good. Um, a very good question. I think we'll we'll circle back to that later um, to get the fullness of, of that answer. I think there is a um, a limiting of human contact that that can be good. Mm. Um, but for now, I think what we should say is that. Um, human beings were created for fellowship. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's how we do the Christian life. Um, with all of this. And and now that we've mentioned fellowship, um, I mean, this is, this is why the church gathers, um, you know, it's, you know, Hebrews 10 talks about, I think it's, uh, verse 25. Um, don't neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. Um, and then Hebrews three. Um, and I think this is, this should be our challenge right now. Um, since we are in kind of self isolation, um, Hebrews three thirteen says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, or we could insert as long as, uh, it is called the, the coronavirus. Um, uh, Exhort one another as every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of, of sin. Um, that, this is another reason why we need to be in fellowship with one another, contacting each other, um, in relationship with each other, even if it is digital, um, because sin has power um, in the context of isolation. Mm-hmm. So Satan could just have a field day um, right now on us if we let him. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So um, what you're saying is to fight our sin uh, while, while we're at, um, in isolation, while we're practicing social distancing, mm-hmm. 
is to remain social, yeah. but via the internet or, or di any digital means. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that's good. But eventually at some point, there's going to be a time when you, you are alone, when you're not right. interacting with somebody yeah. online or anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So while you are alone, I, I think it's all, you know, we could all agree that it's it's safe to say that when you are alone, that's when temptation is at its strongest. Yeah. So yeah. when temptation is at its strongest, when you are alone, mm -hmm. uh, how would you go about fighting your sin? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is something that's not unique to the coronavirus. Um, you know, we have all sinned when we're alone. <laughs> so it's, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden, wait a minute, we sin this way. Like, I didn't know, um, you know, right, right. Proverbs, I, we were just talking about this earlier. I think this is a fantastic verse to, to keep in mind with all of this is Proverbs 18, one, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all so sound judgment. So, um, like you said, there's the the isolation that we're in when we are alone. Temptation is is very strong. So, how do we fight it? Well, first, in this context, you know, in the conversation about fellowship, I think this is this is really good to then um, be inviting other people into our lives um, to either text. Or phone call. I've found personally talking physically is a harder thing to do um, when I want to pursue sin. Um, because you know, I could be alone and thinking, oh, I should I should do this. And uh, and then I know that I'm gonna have small group that night. Um or I know I'm going to have a conversation with someone later that afternoon. And, and there's something about that, that meeting that's coming where it's like, I, if they ask me how I'm doing, I don't want to lie. Right. right. <laughs> so I think that the, the friendship and the fellowship aspect of, of fighting sin, of inviting people into our lives of daily touch points mm -hmm. where, um, you know, we, we want to be authentic Christians with them. And, and so we don't, we don't sin because we know that that, that meeting is coming. Um, if that's not something that's going on, um, I think the, one of the most, well, <laughs> there's a lot of answers to this, but I think one of them of how to fight your sin with, when you're alone, when there's not other people there would be, um, holding on to God's superior promises. Um, John Piper's book, um, Future Grace, is just packed full of stuff like this. Um, but, you know, let's say, um, you know, a common one in isolation would be lust, right? Right. So, you know, Piper would say, and I, I think this is really good, um, of... Consider what this sin of lust is offering you. It's it's offering pleasure. It's it's offering you beauty. Um, it, it's really at its core. It's offering you joy. Mm -hmm. um, and and well, what does God offer you? God offers you pleasure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think this is where we get um, confused as Christians if we don't think that God. Um, desires to gift us with good things and with pleasure mm -hmm. because then sin will have a lot more power over us because then we'll think that God is boring. Right. Um, but Psalm 1611, um, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Mm -hmm. um, so I want that. So, and, and I know from um, Matthew 5, um, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Well, if if I'm not pure, then then I don't see God. That's that's the negative um, inference from that. To use fancy words, um, so I think in in your aloneness in fighting sin, it's God has greater pleasure for me than what sin could possibly offer, both in quality and quantity. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, go to um, 
go to go to Taco Bell. Okay, you never would. <laughs> That's right. I, yeah. Um, but go to Taco Bell and ask for a burrito, and then go to Chipotle and ask for a burrito. Eat one after the other and and compare them. Um, that's the qualitative, the, you know, the quality of Chipotle is going to defeat the quality of Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would say the, the quantity aspect would be, um, uh, let's say Taco Bell offers you lifetime uh, supply of food or Chipotle offers you lifetime supply of food. Um well, the, the quality aspect would make me choose um, Chipotle, mm-hmm. but but the reality is, because we're using Taco Bell as sin, and I know this is just making you very happy because you never want to eat there, um, but let's say Taco Bell only offers you three months mm-hmm. of free food, but Chipotle is offering you for as long as you live. Right. You should take Chipotle. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, so that's why sin can only offer low quality pleasure for only a limited amount of time. Right. But God can offer unlimited pleasure for an unlimited amount of time. Um, now that doesn't, that doesn't really help a whole lot though, to think logically in the midst of your temptation. Like I've done it before and, and gotten through temptation by thinking logically, you know, God is better than, than my sin, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think another aspect though would be um, saying no makes me more like Jesus. Um, And I enter into his temptations in the desert and I experience him in in a fellowship I fellowship with him. This is the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like sin is killed through fellowship. Um, I enter into a fellowship with Christ when I say no to my sin because I'm with him in the desert and he's saying no to Satan and I want to, I want to be like him. Right. And, and I, I experience him in a closer way and a greater intimacy as I say no. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way I even experience his death because I'm saying no to myself. And I'm dying. Right. But then the resurrection comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but you can't experience that joy and resurrection unless you say no to yourself and die. Um, so all of that to say, if you're alone, um, have those, those touch points be- with other believers because fellowship kills um, sin. Uh, and then, you know, if you can think logically, knowing that, God has offered unlimited pleasure for an unlimited amount of time um, and then enter into a fellowship of suffering with Christ um, as you say no to yourself and deny yourself because fellowship kills sin. Right. Um, Any thoughts on that, Zach? No, I I think that's really powerful uh, as far as, um, you know, you mentioned the, um, the, the, the better promises that mm-hmm. God offers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is very hard to, uh, when you're in the midst of temptation to, to really recognize that as, yeah. as a legitimate way to fight sin. Yeah. Um, but that does power. Um, it, it, it packs the punch behind, um, when you talk about fellowship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that because you're saying no, because you are being more like Christ, you have, those better promises mm-hmm. to look for, uh, towards mm-hmm. due to your sacrifice now of saying yeah. no to that temptation. Yeah. Um, and then with the, uh, with the, the touch points that you had said, mm-hmm. um, having that, that fellowship. And, and I feel like it's a lot easier to, and then this is sad, but, but it's true um, to say no to sin when you know that other people will find out about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. And, and so, you know, even though that's not, that shouldn't be our main reason for not sinning, mm-hmm. it's still a powerful reason to keep us from sinning. Yeah. And, and part of it, I think with, you know, yeah, it's, it's sad, but, but the thing is, is other believers are a proxy for Christ right. when we confess our sin to 
that person. Because it's it's really easy to not um, to not confess your sin and just confess it to God. And I'm not saying that you have to confess your sin to another person in order for um, you to have victory over it or or anything like that. But it does it it's it packs a wallop yeah. because you don't see Jesus' face of grief when you confess your sin to Him. You do see it when you confess it to somebody else who's a Christian. And I will say too, um, the the wallop that it it packs is is not with unbelievers. Have you ever noticed that? Mm. Like if you confessed your sin to an unbeliever, they'd just kind of shrug their shoulders and be like, all right, that's kind of normal, you know. It's it's in the context of the community of Christ. It, it's because they are the proxy, the image of Christ that you are confessing to that it, it hurts so bad. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think just circling back a little bit with with that, um, you know, logically thinking of what's to come in heaven, greater pleasures for me. I think the reason why that lacks power so often for us is because it's not joined by a fellowship of Christ in his sufferings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a lot of the times why sin has so much power is because what, yeah, like the pleasure that's being offered, I know it's better. I know it's unlimited, but that's going to be in like 80 years, yeah. right? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this is right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think sin loses some of its power when, when we realize, well, actually, Christ is right now too. Mm-hmm. And I'll miss him in this moment if I sin. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Um so yeah, it, we we've uh we've looked at um you know, connect with people, um fight your sin, um you know, don't don't let this be an opportunity um for Satan to um, get you isolated and, um, sinning against God. Um, the last part of this that, that I see right now, um, is this is an opportunity for us to fellowship with our father. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you asked earlier, is it good that someone be alone ever? And my answer for that is we were created for fellowship. I don't think that we were ever created to be alone. Um, you were either supposed to be in fellowship with other people. Well, actually, you, you were created to be in fellowship with other people with God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what you're made for. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what we're looking forward to with the New Jerusalem in, you know, at the end in Revelation. God is king over his people in his kingdom. A king needs people to be king over. No, I'm not saying God needs anything. Yeah. But he's but, chosen graciously to be our king. Yes. Um, and he has subjects. So we're created to be in fellowship with other people with God. Um, so what, what I'm excited for and I'm hoping happens during all this coronavirus self-quarantining is that we learn how to fellowship with their father. And get really close with him during this time. That's good. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, when we look to be, are we meant to be alone ever? Uh, you know, we, we look to the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, he was constantly surrounding himself with people. Yeah. Um, and the times when he was, air quotes, alone, mm-hmm. he was always in, in prayer and in fellowship yeah. with his father. Yeah. And you'll see too, even in Luke four, Matthew four, um, after he's baptized, he's led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by Satan. Mm-hmm. So even in his temptation, he's not alone. Right. You know, Jesus lives, um, you know, as in constant fellowship with his father, you know, um, this is from Paul Miller, but we've talked about it. Um, a couple Saturdays ago, you know, the last time that we could actually, you know, meet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, that if you were to ask Jesus, Jesus, how are how are you doing today? He would he would probably respond with, "My father and I are doing great." 
And then if you were to say, oh, okay, Jesus, that's nice. Uh, we've gone over this. I, I want to know about you. <laughs> How are you feeling today? He would just be so confused. <laughs> I already told you. Yeah. My father and I are doing great. So it's it's in that fellowship. Um, yeah, he, like you said, he is our example. Um, and even when he's alone, he's not. Yeah. 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 So he said that this uh time of 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 quarantine um mm-hmm. is is a great time to um focus on fellowship with our father mm-hmm. how do we go about doing that yeah so um if you want a resource for this i so basically where i'm living right now is i'm living in the bible but the houses that i visit frequently are are built by paul miller <laughs> um so first I got, I got hooked on Paul Miller's book, the J curve. And I tell you, like, if you want a book that will change your life as a Christian, that's it's, it's, it's up there. It's an immediate Christian classic on how to live the Christian life. Um, but his other earlier work is, is, um, a praying life, um, communing with God in a distracted age, I think is the, the subtext there. And uh, I'm just about done with that. Um, but some of the highlights that I'll, I'll give here on how to commune with, with your father would be um, really starting with the Lord's Prayer. Um, our Father. Okay, do you notice how already, like, this is just interesting to me in this conversation about fellowship and, yeah. and loneliness and, and all that kind of stuff. The, the Lord's Prayer starts with our father not my father yeah um so another hint that you're created (laughs) um for that family and that fellowship um i also uh you know just as an aside heard um uh i'll I'll post a um i can't remember the book who was written by it but it's a book on justification um and uh he talked about adoption and how as soon as you are adopted, you are adopted into a family. This is why it's so stupid for people to try to say, I'm Christian, but not religious, or I'm Christian, but I don't, I don't go to church, or I'm Christian, but I don't like organized religion. It's like, that's your family. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not saved outside of the context of the church. Right. You're saved into the church. Um, so anyway, our father, mm-hmm. but coming to him as a child. This is so difficult for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be easier now. This is also a hope of mine um, would be that it, it would be easier for us now because we feel needy right? Um, in the midst of, of all this, you know, coronavirus stuff. Um, but to come to him as a child of, of realizing I, you know, I have no strength on my own mm-hmm. to do anything. Um, you know, when you're a little enough child, um, you can't even make food for yourself. Um, your parents have to do that for you. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're not allowed to pour milk by yourself because that's a gallon, man. You know, <laughs> you can't do that. Right. You're still all over the place. Um, but then also this aspect, not just the, of the neediness, but then of the, um, uh, the the attitude of a child, which is really annoying for older people, because they never stop asking for what they want, mm-hmm. and and part of it is because they are completely confident that if they keep asking, they know their mom or their dad well enough to know that they will answer their request. Right. Um. So cultivating this attitude of neediness. Uh, and Paul Miller never says this explicitly, but what I've gathered from his book is that Christians tend to view prayer as their duty. Um, you'll hear people say things like, oh, I need to really, I really need to work on my prayer life, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then, you know, every January, it's, mm-hmm. it's our Bible reading and our prayer that needs to go up. And we set goals for ourselves, you know, of, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, half hour in prayer every day. Um, you know, we try to work up, you know, like, listen.
work up like to, you know, from five minutes to, you know, 10, 15, whatever, you know, up mm-hmm. to, up to the half hour point or, you know, if you're yeah. like Martin Luther, you know, three hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is just insane. But, but what happens is when we realize that, um, this is our desperation. We're calling to him out of a sense of neediness. It becomes our delight. And, and in this relationship, this delightful relationship that we have with God as our father, um, there's, there's a lot of overlap um, when it comes to marriage and this relationship with God. Um, Typically, what I hear is is one of two ditches that people fall into. You know, there's the road in the middle, and then there's ditches on the sides. Yeah, and people don't stay on the road. No, <laughs> um, but they fall off into the one ditch of duty, um, and you know they've got their in their planner. You know, I'm going to meet with God in this time, and it's going to be an hour. You know, um, here you know here's the agenda. Blah blah blah, and then and then that's it though. Um, the other ditch is I'm not going to do that. I talk to God all the time. Um, you know, he's, I, I practice continuous prayer. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm praying to God as I, as I drive to school or, or to work. Um, you know, but if I just talked to my wife when I was driving to work, Mm -hmm. um, or talk to her all the time in air quotes. Yeah. But I didn't have set a t- set time, you know, a set time during the week, during my day to really listen to her and to try to build intimacy. Right. That wouldn't go well. Yeah, no. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um and at the same time in the other ditch of, you know, just the intimate time, if I just had this, you know, hour long meeting with my wife and then I didn't talk to her throughout the week. Yeah. So you see how both are necessary with this. Um, the, the intimate time with God, um, it, it colors our, um, driving to work with him because I've had this, this intimate time with him in the morning it changes the way that I talk to him on my way to work, mm. the way back back from work, um, when I'm about to have a conversation with someone. Um, so there has to be focused time, and there has to be the time throughout my day as I, I'm, I'm keeping him um, in fellowship with me. Um, he wants it. I want it. Mm. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, so just to make sure that, that I'm, that I'm following here too, mm-hmm. um, in order to have, or to, to have good fellowship with, with your father, um, really focus on, um, allocating good and proper time of, mm-hmm. of prayer. Yep. So spending time in prayer, in communication with the father mm-hmm. is really, um, how you, how you stay in fellowship. Mm-hmm. With All right. I, I. I think that's good. Um, I mean, uh, again, you, you, you look at, at, at the Christ and, and he was always praying like, yeah, he, you know, he even no. Yeah. Just all, all, all the time. Yeah. He was always in, <laughs> with the um, in, in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's a, a great thing to do, especially at this time. Yeah. Cause you know, if you're like me and, and you're not working, you're not, going to school mm-hmm. and I'm already bored of, yeah. you know, playing video games, doing yep. whatever. I'm already bored of that. Yeah. So what else am I going to do? Right. You know, the, the, the earthly pleasures of all yeah. worn out. Yeah. Now I can, you know, it can be filled mm-hmm. with, with fellowship and, and with prayer. Yeah. Um, and in quite honesty, I have all the time in the world to throw it at prayer, you know, oh, yeah. do the Martin Luther three hours, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, maybe not start off. With right. That, yeah. You know, out, but, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Especially now at this time, mm-hmm. I have all the time in the world. Yeah. And, and another thought on this, um, 
be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your physical body has something to do with, you know, your spiritual reality. Um, if you, uh, it was C.S. Lewis in Surprised by Joy was talking about, um, I think it was his school days and how uh, he hated uh, being around uh, the people that were at his school. They were just awful. Mm. Um, and then, then there was forced fun activities out in the schoolyard, which he also hated. Yeah. So the thing that was supposed to be restful for him and playful for him, which the school thought was forced fun activities out in the schoolyard, yeah, was also hell for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what I found for myself when I was in college, um, my studies were grueling. And, yeah. and then I tried to pray on my knees. Mm. So the very thing that was supposed to be restful and peaceful for me, I was making more difficult right. for myself physically. Um, I stopped doing that. It's, mm-hmm. I pray on the couch now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so be, be comfortable um, you know, ha- maybe, you know, have a goal for that, that time alone with him, but also don't, don't feel like it has to be overly structured. Right. Um, something that Paul Miller pointed out was if, if I did the same structure with my wife, every time I came home, mm-hmm. she would pretty quickly, you know, maybe the first time it was genuine, but you know, the second, third, she's going to start saying the words I'm saying before I say them. Right. Cause it's, it's just wrote and memorized at that point. Mm. Um, you live in fellowship in relationship with a real person. Yeah. And, and it's okay then to have that kind of, you know, unstructured conversation in that intimacy with him. So, right. You don't, you don't have a structured conversation with anybody. No, <laughs> you know, unless it's a business meeting, but yeah, but you know, you wouldn't Even want that. Your, yeah. You yeah. wouldn't want your prayer life to be a business meeting. No. And, and I think that's why a lot of people don't like prayer mm. <laughs> is, is that that's the way that they view it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I don't like it. Yeah. So staying in fellowship with your father mm-hmm. through prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, how else would you go about that? Maybe. Yeah, definitely the Bible. Yes. Um, super, super important. Um, you know, but again, with this, there's so many re- so many ways to read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it is helpful to have a plan of what I'm going to be reading through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a daily devotional is is helpful um, if you need something to you know kind of talk about the topic first and then go into those verses. You know, the U Version app has plenty of daily mm-hmm. devotionals to to be doing. Um, you know, you can read old Testament, you know, Genesis through revelation. That's, you know, some of us could probably get that done, uh, with the time that we have now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you know, trying to see Jesus and meet him in his word every day. Mm-hmm. Um, because w- one of the ways that we can go south with prayer is just praying. Mm -hmm. If you just pray, you will start to insert your own thoughts as God's voice. Yeah. And that's not good. No, not at all. (laughs) Because then pretty soon you're going to, you know, you're going to text a girl uh, that, you know, that you've seen at school, you know, you haven't seen her for weeks now, but, but, you know, or, you know, or a guy for the girl listeners, you know, and, and say, God spoke to me. And, uh, he said that we're supposed to, um, or we're supposed to start dating. God has certainly not said yes. any yes. such thing. <laughs> um, so having where scripture, the Bible is our foundation for listening to him. Um, yeah, fellowshipping with him, you know, and just uh, a one one fun way, like if you're not into reading a huge portion of scripture, mm-hmm. just pick a psalm mm-hmm. and read that for an hour right? over and over again. You just set a timer, whatever is, you know, like 
ooh, that sounds like longer than what I should be reading one psalm with. I'm not saying, you know, definitely an hour. But I did that with Psalm 1 for an hour once. Mm. So rich, just over and over again, reading this and regurgitating and just swimming in that psalm. It was it was beautiful. So, um, yeah, reading the Bible is one of the ways that we we fellowship with God, you know. And if anyone ever has, you know, has questions on, you know, how do I read my Bible better? I'm very happy to, you know, answer and help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So uh, how do you have fellowship with your father? Um, have good prayer mm-hmm. and um, read your Bible. Yeah. Is, is, is what I'm, what I'm understanding. Um, obviously there, there, it's more nuanced than that. Yeah. But it is the Sunday school answer. Um, it, it is the Sunday school answer. And we have those answers for a reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's good. Uh, I, I I have a question that's um, maybe a little more difficult to answer. Okay. And that's how when uh, we're, you know, doing all the social distancing mm-hmm. and, and, and quarantine and all that, um, how then can we still be a light to unbelievers? Here's what I'm experiencing right now. When you go to the grocery store and you make eye contact with someone, ask them how they're doing. This is what I'm doing. I I went to Sam's Club yesterday. I went to Coburn's today and tried to do that. Just making conversation with people and smiling, not rushing. Um, So in the physical interactions that you do have, Pray before you walk into the grocery store. Ask God for his peace. Because it's a little nerve-wracking going into the grocery <laughs> store now. Mm-hmm. I went to Sam's Club on a Monday at 11 o'clock. And it was packed. You would have thought it was a weekend. And it's just... Um, so I prayed, you know, beforehand. God, give me peace. Um, started uh, quoting Psalm 23 as I walked in. Mm. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. Um, he leads me um, into green pastures. He restores my soul. Um, he leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, I mean, like quoting that to myself as I walk in, because mm-hmm. this is a valley of death <laughs> at Sam's Club, right? You know. um, and uh, so as, as you go in, be in fellowship with your father, mm-hmm. and, and then... Um, and then just let him gift you with that peace right. and uh, and that love for people that are, you know, because they, they do look harassed and helpless mm-hmm. <laughs> as sheep without a shepherd right now. Yeah. Um, and then, I, you know, in, in your interactions, you know, maybe this would be a good challenge um, for our students then of checking in with people that you have their contact info, you know, whether it's their phone number or snap account or whatever, um, checking in with them, you know, at your school and that you know that they're not a Christian or, you know, they're a little kind of hazy on whether or not they're a Christian kind of exploring these things. I think reaching out, you know, it was, um, during Luther's time, I think was a, a plague was going through Europe and, uh, and it was the Christians that would go back. They wouldn't, you know, panic by and leave. Yeah. Um, they were the ones that were staying behind and, and caring for, for the sick. And I think, you know, we're right now we're loving our neighbors by not going out and physically talking to people. Yeah. Um, but we can still go back mm-hmm. and, and text them or call or, or whatever is most convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, that's, uh, that's a good way of, you know, in, in our physical interactions of, 
you know, while the world is burning, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that we're still calm because mm-hmm. the thing that's burning is not our home. Yeah. Um, it's and, not my house that's burning down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, ho- hopefully that, 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 uh, reassuredness mm-hmm. will, um, will, will be like some others or, 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 um, get them to be thinking of why, why these people are so calm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Do you have any recommendations for, uh, on the digital side? I mean, you had mentioned, you know, checking in with people mm-hmm. with their phone numbers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you would recommend on, on social media? Or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about just kind of posting things myself that have messages of hope and encouragement, peace, you know, in all of this, I, I'm not recommending that we shut down our emotions. Right. Um, you won't have true peace if you don't have true chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you want true peace, you should, you should tell God the chaos that's going on yeah. in your heart right then. Um, don't act like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Cause that's not being true to him or true to the people around you. Anyone can shut down their emotions. Yeah. Um, but it takes God to step into your emotions as a manual God with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would think, you know, if you're, if you're going to post anything, um, just, just consider how you can encourage people. Yeah. Um, you know, Right now, everyone is focusing on the coronavirus, mm-hmm. and it might be good for us to just focus in our social media um, engagement on the God who is king over the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not on. I don't. I don't post a whole lot to Facebook. Yeah, because you know, I'm sure in. 10 years I'm going to regret something that I say. So I just choose not to regret anything. So yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So kind of just, just the, the 30,000 foot view yeah. of how to be um, a Christian while, while alone and dealing mm-hmm. with this coronavirus mm-hmm. is recognize that, uh, we're not meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're around people right. all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's important to keep uh, in mind that we still ought to fellowship mm-hmm. uh, even through quarantine. Yep. So interacting with people online, um, you know, when you do meet people in person, mm-hmm. um, have good fellowship with them. Mm-hmm. Uh but the thing that we are supposed to always remain in fellowship with is our father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so do that through, um, diligent prayer and, yeah. and, and always, um, always praying and, and be reading, uh, your Bible, especially now that we have all the time in the world yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then how to be a light to unbelievers is just, um, be, just be good to them, especially mm-hmm. at this time when, when mm-hmm. people are not being good yeah. to each other. Yeah. Um, you know, offer, offer hope, mm-hmm. um, and, and really point to, um, God as a sovereign over the coronavirus, mm-hmm. over any chaos, yep. um, really point towards, towards that peace mm-hmm. and that hope. Yeah. 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 Just what you said there at the end, you know, God being sovereign over the coronavirus, um, Matthew 10, Jesus has some really good encouragement, um, the one I'm thinking about is, um, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Like they're, they're totally worthless basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you're ha- not one of them falls to the ground dead without your father's care. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. You're, you're worth a lot more than many sparrows. <laughs> That's what Jesus says. I think the last thing I was just thinking about this earlier, the last thing I would want to say about this, uh, this loneliness, um, no matter what I, pastor Ben mentioned this, um, he was listening to NPR and, and there was a priest on there that, that said, you have to understand this is really difficult for us as Christians because 
Christianity values human touch. And, uh, and in all of what we've talked about, that's the one thing that you can't have. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, unless it's like the coronavirus elbow, yeah. you know, uh, of, of tapping elbows. Um, what I would say with that last part is let this time, um, getting a phone call. I'm social distancing myself. <laughs> not answering. Um, let this time of not being able to have human touch remind you uh, wh- whatever longing that you have for that. Just just transfer that over a little bit, and and long for Christ's touch, and I mean physically. Because Jesus came in the flesh to touch us. Yeah. You know, when, when the leper in Matthew 8 um, comes up to Jesus, someone who's supposed to be quarantined, by the way, you're not <laughs> supposed to touch him. Yeah. Um, he says to Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. And he says, I will, stretches out his hand and touches him and says, be clean. Um so whatever longing you have for that human interaction and touch, know that Jesus is Emmanuel. He is still in the flesh and he is coming. And you, you can touch him finally. Mm-hmm. So let your longing remind you of that longing. Let this time of isolation from human touch um, call to something deeper, a deeper longing in your soul for that human touch, the God man's touch. It's coming. I'm hoping it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With all this, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. <laughs> anyway, any closing thoughts, Zach? Uh, no, I think you wrapped it up well. Okay. Well, this has been Brax Tax. We got down to Brax Tax. And this has been Brax Carvet and Zach Hellman. And we will see you guys on the flippity flip. <laughs>